Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18 and verses 23 through 29. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? Who is like your people, like Israel? Is there another nation on earth whose God went to redeem it as a people and to make a name for himself, doing great and awesome things for them by driving out before his people nations and their gods? And you established your people Israel for yourself to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, as for the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, confirm it forever. Do as you have promised. Thus your name will be magnified forever in the saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house forever. Therefore your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. Galatians chapter 3 Verses 6 through 14. Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so, you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the things written in the book of the law. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith, but the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law will live by them. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Good morning, welcome to the 36th day of Martintide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning you'll notice that instead of starting with a psalm, we started with a passage from Luke. And uh, for kind of like mid-church lowlifes, that section, the first chapter of Luke, is known as the Magnificat. And it's not a psalm, but it is a canticle, which is to say it was sung uh, during the early church, just as the psalms were typically sung in, in ancient Israel. And in it, um, Mary uh, talks about um, rejoicing in God and that her soul magnifies God um, because God has looked upon her lowliness with, um, with favor. And Mary is known for some reason, probably some Victorian era crap, uh, for being meek and mild. But she goes on pretty clearly to not be very meek and mild at all. Um, she talks about how God ha- is showing God's strength and scattering the proud and bringing down the powerful from their thrones, um, sending the rich away empty, um, and then you know basically doing the opposite for the poor and needy, um, filling them up with good things, um, lifting them up, and um, it's it's not clear to me how anybody would think that she's meek and mild. Um, And this is for uh, just a couple of days before uh, Christmas uh, when she gives birth. And this harkens back to right right after she was told by the angel Gabriel that she would uh, bear a son and he would be God's son, the Christ child. Um, And tomorrow uh, we will... Well, we probably should. I have to decide if I'm going to do it on... I shouldn't do it on the 25th. I should do it on the 24th. Um, tomorrow, the 24th, will be the last day that we'll do Martin Tide, and then I'll take a break for Christmas because it's a major feast, and we'll pick back up in um, uh, Christmas Tide after after that. Um, and of course, following the passage from Luke in the Magnificat, we had a reading from Second Samuel, and then finally Galatians three. Um, and Second Samuel, remember, is kind of a continuation of this discussion between God and David about building a house for God. And house, uh, Hebrew word bayit, uh, means both family as well as house. And so the household was also your, your family, building a family for God um, and that will last forever. And this morning, um, I'm actually borrowing from a couple of days ago on um, AroundTheYear.org and the work of Kellyanne Wilson, because two days ago was December 21st, and it is or was the solstice, the winter solstice, the longest night of the year, um, from the 21st to the 22nd of December. And um, the image I selected is from Kilmartin Glen, Um, and it's an image of standing stones, and it's just two stones, uh, two examples from this really dense 
um, archaeological kind of um, trove in Scotland, uh, up in the north uh, northern area of the United Kingdom. And um, Kilmartin Glen is home to <clears throat> a number of Neolithic and Bronze Age remains, and it's the the most or the highest concentration of them in all of Scotland, which may not be a member of the United Kingdom for much longer. Um, and Kilmartin is the village, and um, not far from the village are all these uh, stones. If you're familiar with um, Scotland at all, it's uh, within Argyll and Butte, which is uh, uh, it's like a county. Um, and Kilmartin, the Kilmartin Church is um, kind of the mainstay of the town, and as we'll hear from the reading that um, uh, Kellyanne uh, Wilson has chosen for the 21st, for the solstice, um, we'll see why that's important. i only read part of it. If you do go to her site, aroundtheyear.org, I'm only going to read um, the... Well, no, I guess I could read them both. So here's um, a selection from Michael Balfour's book, <clears throat> Mysterious Scotland, Enigmas, Secrets, and Legend, um, published in 97, so a good little while ago. And he writes, quote, St. Martin of Tours is the only saint of this name with known connections to Scotland. And so it must be this remarkable miracle worker who lends his name to Kilmartin in mid-Argyll on the west coast of Scotland. The prefix comes from Chile, which is Gaelic for church, this lovely old area has an abundance of old stone for us to puzzle upon, and some new, new discoveries too. It has recently been realized that there, are, that there may have been an astonishing three-mile-long avenue of stones leading to and from the greatest display there of rock art. Humanity has lived for perhaps 6,000 years around Kilmartin, and his legacies are all around. This is a line of five burial cairns. Older than these is the temple wood ring of 13 stones temple or team pool sites are considered by uh, astro-archaeologists to be of special significance. North lie the four Kintrock cairns, and a standing stone 13 feet high, southwest of the large cairn beside the road, which is possibly a Neolithic calculator for midwinter solstices, using mountain peaks on fa faraway Jura, end quote. And so uh, what uh, Balfour is describing is the stones found in Kilmartin. And at the very end, uh, he mentions what they're typically used for. Um, Astro-archaeologists are people who um, study stars as they would have appeared in the night sky years and years and years ago. And the most famous example of these is uh, Stonehenge down in southern England in the UK as well. And Stonehenge was arranged so that it would align with the sunset on the, the winter solstice, and about six months later, the sunrise during the summer solstice, the, the longest day and the longest night. Um, and the seasons were far more central to ancient people um, because it's how you measured almost everything. Uh, and um, the, the ability to judge what season and when and when the following year, what to expect in terms of weather and temperature um, was really important. Lives mattered, uh, agriculture and, and um, uh, livestock mattered. 
And so it was really important to be able to calculate that. And they weren't always used for religious purposes. Sometimes um, it was uh, entirely to, to just measure time. Um, and Kilmartin, um, as I've mentioned in an earlier episode, Martin um, uh, was, or his influence was brought to Scotland by St. Ninian. And Ninian was the first Christian to, to venture beyond um, Hadrian's Wall to the north where the, the Picts live and the Romans weren't willing to go. And Ninian, uh, uh, supposedly, and we don't have any evidence that this didn't happen, um, supposedly met Martin in tour before he crossed the channel to the British Islands. And he had such a, uh, you know, an admiration for Martin um, that it was believed that he asked for stone cutters to come with him to build churches, which Martin had been doing, planting churches all over the place. He asked for stone cutters to come with him um, to build um, churches and other things. And in the episode when I talk about the, the high cross of St. Martin in, at Iona Abbey, which isn't very far from Kilmartin, um, when I talked about that, I, I mentioned it in the context of shaping these stones, or the stone, for use in uh, the high cross of St. Martin, which has been standing since 700 A.D., about 1,200 years, in the same position, same exact stonework. Um, but it also could be for use in these henges and these cairns, which would be used for funeral rites and processions, uh, for calculating time, for all these different things. Um, and so it's just really fascinating to think about the connections between Scotland and St. Martin of Tours in France and the influence that Martin had and uh, how it reaches into these little sec- uh, sections, you know, like henges and, and, and everything. Um, and the, it's not a picture of Martin, nor was the High Cross one. Um, but in light of the, the winter solstice two days ago, I thought it was important to talk about this. And Kellyanne Wilson was kind enough and wise enough to align the solstice with uh, relevant kind of Martinalia during the season of Martin's Lent. Um, and this isn't the, the best picture, but it's a really beautiful picture with the... Uh, the, let's see, the rising sun, no, I'm sorry, the setting sun um, over Kilmartin as it faces, um, as these two stone uh, tablets are standing in, in long reference to a town that would eventually later, after it was built, um, give reference to uh, the, the saint of Tours. Prayer for Church Musicians and Artists from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, whom saints and angels delight to worship in heaven, be ever present with your servants who seek through art and music to perfect the praises offered by your people on earth, and grant to them even now glimpses of your beauty, and make them worthy at length to behold it unveiled forevermore. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. 
First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.